Welcome to this series preview media availability edition of Talking Hoosier Baseball. Today is Thursday, May 11th, 2023. Indiana is in second place, two games ahead of the visiting Boilermakers, who match up with the Hoosiers in a three-game series starting Friday. Purdue is 5-1 so far on Fridays in the Big Ten, while Indiana is only 2-4 to open league series. The media met with senior shortstop Philip Glasser and head coach Jeff Mercer on Thursday to discuss this and preview the series. Phil, you're kind of a veteran leader on this relatively young team. What does a weekend like this senior weekend mean to you? Uh, you know, it means a lot, but the biggest thing for our guys is, you know, it's just another weekend. We just got to go out there, play like we have, you know, throughout the whole year and not put any extra pressure on ourselves. The way you guys have played after Maryland, the way you bounced back uh, strong, kind of talk about the way you, you bounced back and you're still in a position to win the Big Ten. Right, so it was a, it's a long season and, you know, telling all the guys, you're, you're going to have a bump in the road eventually, and that was kind of ours. Um, so the biggest thing is responding, not reacting to it. So I think we responded in a really good way by going to Northwestern, you know, winning that series up there, sweeping them, and then going to Xavier yesterday and having a big-time one. You think it's in the back of a player's minds that you guys are only one game back from Maryland? Uh, I mean, I'm sure, like, guys think about it, but not when we go out there and play. Um, you can only focus on one game, and, you know, the game on Friday against Purdue is not going to win or lose us the Big Ten on that day. So that's just, you know, approaching that, you know, every single day. What kind of challenge do you see the, uh, the Purdue pitching staff offering to you guys? Yeah, they're, they're really good staff. You know, they've thrown really well in Big Ten play. Um, we just got to – I know the coaches will have a good report for us, and we got to go out there and execute the plan. The fact that they're a rival, does that add any extra juice or not? Obviously, you know, it's a rivalry. You know, and Satan, it means, you know, a lot to a lot of people. Um, just – the biggest thing is just, you know, executing our plan and not trying to do anything extra. The position player group has somewhat in Big Ten play struggled early on in a series and then gradually gotten better. Um, have you guys talked much about that, what you can do to kind of get off to a to a faster start offensively? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, going out, executing our plan a little better, being a little mature. During our at-bats, especially early in the game, um, you're right, like the first like couple innings on Friday kind of takes us some time to get going. Um, just focus on, you know, one pitch at a time, you know, understand what the coaches are saying, understand what the pitcher's trying to do to you. And that's just, you know, maturity throughout the season. And, you know, we have got better, and I think we'll just continue to get better. Kind of going back to the rivalry piece, this being your second year in Bloomington, what kind of grasp do you have on, on kind of the magnitude of Indiana and Purdue? Yeah, it, uh, you know, it means a lot. Um, obviously, from uh, as an Ohio kid, you know, you didn't grow up around it, but, you know, you come to Indiana last year, it's like, you know, the football game and then the basketball game and then the baseball when we went up to Purdue, it was packed last year. So it means a lot to, you know, a lot of people. And, you know, being able to put an Indiana Hoosiers jersey on, you know, you represent about the whole state of Indiana. So just going out there and making sure you play hard for everyone, you know, who supports you and always has your back is, you know, very special for us. Coach, uh, Fridays have been a little bit of a struggle for your offense um, in, in Big Ten play. Um, and Purdue in particular has been pretty strong on the mound on Fridays. Yeah. So kind of what's the game plan? What are you guys really wanting to do to try to get off to a good start on Friday? Yeah, it's something we talked about kind of today and yesterday as a group collectively, just being able to apply the the scouting report in a way that allows us to, to get off to a good start or at least be a competitive start. And I don't know. I think sometimes we get a little bit um, excited and emotional and we, we swing out of, out of hand a little bit or, we don't finish at bats and, 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 you know, when you, when you, you have a, a younger group, but also an experienced group, we're, we're experienced enough to be able to, to follow a game plan. So 
we, we just have to do a better job of finishing at bats and following the plan and not getting emotional in the way that we, we, we can play with emotion, but we can't play out of, out of control. And so I think that's the biggest thing is just not being out of control and forcing somebody to make a decision there in that third or fourth inning by having really good bats in the first two innings, not kind of waiting until the second time through the order to be able to make an adjustment. So that would be the biggest thing that we have to do. And we're certainly capable of doing it. It just, we need to do it from the very beginning and, and being a little bit better at um, just going in and applying the, the scouting report and the game plan immediately and, and, and not not allowing them to get settled in before we start to make an adjustment. Are there any confirmed starters uh, for the rotation this weekend? Yeah, we'll, we'll go Sonora on Friday um, and then TBD the kind of the rest of the weekend, which I think with what they're doing as well. But, you know, a lot of it depends on what the weather, what the weather ends up doing and you know, we don't want to put Luke in a position where we get tagged with a couple of delays and whatnot. So that would be the only thing is if, you know, somehow we ended up, you know, if we have to push the game back, whatever it is. But if we're all if we're all straight up and everything's square, we would go so hard on Friday, keep him on schedule for going Thursday and then get him back hopefully for the Big Ten tournament there on that Wednesday. I would imagine that Matt's Matt uh, Ellis's injury situation hasn't really changed much, but what is his I guess day to day with the team, like what is he yeah. still like around the guys? He's been great. He's been great. You know, we've 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 traveled, so it, it's been a little bit harder for him to be as, as involved just with the Big Ten travel roster limitations. But he's been great. You know, he's he's in there working. He's with the guys, and he's he's such a jovial personality and fun loving, and and so he's he's still engaged. He's still in there working on his catching and doing all the different stuff. So he's great. He's a great resource for the guys. And uh, but no, he he's the same. He's the big you know, the big teddy bear that everybody loves. And he, he's still the same guy every day. And, and obviously you feel for him and, and kind of what he's going through. But at the same time, you get to choose your attitude and he's he's chosen a really good one. This is a senior class of guys that you brought in three or four years ago and also some guys who have transferred in. What has this class meant to you guys this year? Well, it, it's really given us a foundation of leadership to be able to help build with those young guys around them. And you look at you know, you know, that Bobby and in in Glasser, you know, in particular there with those guys where they've they've really given you a ton of of um, just experience. You know, your Glasser was a three year starter at Youngstown, and and Bobby kind of Bobby transferred in from Louisville <clears throat> during that freshman year. But you know, so Glasser gives you some immediate on field presence and experience, and then in Bobby is really kind of the the heartbeat of the group, where the attitude, the effort, the the accountability. Those things where they, they've given you a lot where the young guys can then do it like that, work like that. And so they really kind of helped to, to help create and shape the, the culture of the team today. What do we want it to be about? You know, what are the things that we value? And, and, and their personality is, is really what, what we value. And, and so that's been uh, just a, a great blessing from those guys. We'll give it to them as well as the other guys in that, in that group as well. So I think... They've been really good players. Statistics are great, but statistics can be a bit misleading from impact just because a guy hits well or or, or has a, a, a number or a stat line that's positive. It doesn't mean that his impact is, that, is as positive. And for those guys, I would, I would say their stats are, are um, uh, under, underwhelming compared to what their actual personal uh, impact on the program has been as far as leadership and, and attitude and, and all the things that we really value behind the scenes that – it's like the rising tide lifts all boats, right? They, they raise the floor of the program by making everyone else around them better. And, you know, I was talking to Glasser on the bus ride back last night and just talk about, you know, program building and culture building and, how, you know, what we've gone through the last few years and, and just talking to him about, you know, his, his presence especially will be felt for years to come because, you know, 
he helps to teach, you know, guys like Tyler Cerny and Brock Tibbetts and Josh Pine how to play infield. And then they'll teach the next group of guys. The next group of guys will teach that. And so you just build on top of each other when you have players like that, that, that are so good, but also they're, they're good because of how they operate. And, and that part is just a ripple effect. It, it, it just ripples out forever and ever. What was it about Philip that, that made you recruit him, bring him in? So he was at Youngstown, and so I I had known him because he was in the Horizon League. I didn't coach against him, but I you know seen his name a lot. And uh, Coach Rutherford was at Wright State when um, he was at Youngstown. They had played against each other, and then he had coached against him. And just his attitude like when when Zach came in, he kind of talked about you know, Glasser would have been a great Raider, right? And that's how we would always kind of evaluate guys when I was at Wright State. He's like, what do you make a great Raider? What do you what do you like the weight room? What do you invest in? In his off-field stuff, was he competitive? Was he was he heady, intelligent? Was he, did he have the aptitude? And then, you know, was he was he tough enough to hold somebody else accountable when they needed you know their chops busted? And, and that's what Zach had said when he first came in. It was like this guy's a, this guy would, would have been a great Raider. Um, Coach Simmons had recruited him a little bit um, at, at when he was at Kent State, so he knew him. So so Derek and Phil had a, had a relationship prior to. Um, and then Phil had, had a lot of respect for the program that we had at, at Wright State, just being in the league and when, when I was there. Um, so there was a, there was kind of a kindred spirit when we began the recruiting process. And just talking to him on the phone and what he valued, he just wanted to be the best player he could be. And that's always when you talk to guys and you ask him, I was asking, like, what, what are your goals and aspirations? And some guys would say, you know, I want to get a, you know, I want to have a good experience. I want to have fun. And, and that's fine. Like that's all well and good. We can do those things. But when a guy says, "I want to play major league baseball and, and I want to win a championship," and I really value my degree tremendously, those are kind of buzzwords that really attract you to a guy pretty quickly. And then you ask him, "Okay, so what have you done? Tell me about your, you know, your routine." And, and you kind of get a laissez-faire answer from a lot of guys, and they'll talk to you about, "Well, you know, I do a little bit of T work and I do this and that." When a guy starts to talk to you about his mobility routine and his ankle mobility and starts talking about his diet and nutrition and all the, all the stuff he does with his swing and starts sending you video and, and then I get a Zoom call with him and, and, and you really get a feel for a guy that, that he's gonna be as serious about this as you expect him to be. And that was Philip. You know, Philip is, is obsessive compulsive with his development. He is as uh, motivated and, and engaged as I've ever seen a player. He's probably the most well-developed player that I've ever coached as far as what God gave him as to the player that he's become. He's probably the the best player in that regard that, I, that I've ever been around. And, and because of that, it's easy for him to hold guys around him accountable. And it's easy for me to hold guys accountable when you have a guy that works like that and that, that, that plays that way every day. So we, we, we attracted really early on in the recruiting process and, and Philip was as highly sought of, of a recruit as there was in the portal. It offers to go to every, every power conference across the country in the south or out west and and we connected and, and i told him at the time we're, we're going to go into a kind of a youth movement and, and we're going to build it this way and i really would like for you to be a, along with tyler Jones at the time kind of kind of great leaders and show these guys how to work show them how to prepare they 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 don't know anything they won't know anything they'll just know what you what you give them and are you willing to do that I understand there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days but what we build will be our own. And, and when we have success, it'll be something that we did, not something that you necessarily, you know, had to have passed down forever, right? It's gonna be a whole new group. It'll be a bunch of young guys and you'll get to have the, the, the satisfaction of knowing that you did it together. And for certain guys, that's very exciting. You know, they, they love to be the architect. They like the leadership. They like the responsibility. 
and they want to do something that's unique. And for some guys, that's not what they want to do. And that's no problem. But I think you have to be honest with a guy up front about what you're getting yourself into. And then on the backside of it is you, 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 you can promise them that you'll be as invested in their career as they are. So you're going to have a strength coach that's, that's capable and invested. And yes, do you have a trainer? Do you have a manager program? Do you have assistant coaches? Do you have an administration? Are you going to be able to help them become the player that they want to be so when they go to pro ball that they're capable of succeeding? And so that's what you have to deliver. So if they deliver the on-field production and the behind-the-scenes locker room leadership and they invest into that, then you have to invest into them and help them be the player that they want to be. And if you look at Phillip, he's become a much better player. He's a much better player today than he was last year. You look at how much more range he has defensively. You look at his arm strength, his twitch, um, his explosiveness across the board. You look at his ability to uh, really, really hit to all fields. There's more walks and strikeouts. He's a better offensive player than he was last year. Hits for more power. Um, has still, uh, stolen a few more bases. Just he's a better player across the board in every way and, and when he goes to Pro Bowl. And, if they need him to stay on the left side, like you can legitimately look at him and say, this guy can stay on the left side for a couple of years in minor league baseball. And whether he does in the long run, I don't know, but he could he could stay there for a while. And and that was our responsibility to him. So it's got to be a mutually beneficial relationship and a give and take. But it was it was pretty uh, apparent early on that we were kindred spirits in that way. And he's one of my he's truly one of my all time favorite players to be around. I hope we get to play together for all you know another six to eight weeks. But it will be a <laughs> It'll be a really, it'll be a really tough day when, when we're not on the same field together anymore. Although I'll, I'll always be his biggest fan in the world. Either with an individual player or multiple players, what has been your favorite moment this year with the senior class? Hmm. I don't take that question lightly, so I got to make sure. I don't <laughs> no problem. Uh, I would say. You know, early on when we beat Auburn, when we beat Texas, and, you know, last year we struggled early. And you're trying to get them to help them to believe that, that we can play at that level. And, and by going and playing those teams and competing at that level, you know, you're, you're putting yourself out there, especially early. You're, it's a high-risk, high-reward proposition. And, and having those guys believe in the vision and having those guys invest into it and then to be able to accomplish it. You go and you win on that stage and, and you compete. And, you can see that just the excitement and the joy in their faces when they realize that what they're capable of and what the program and the team is capable of. You know, you beat Louisville in a home game for the first time in several years, and and, uh, and that was a big moment for those guys. Again, just the satisfaction and gratification of knowing what they're capable of doing. I think probably a couple of those wins, but I, I think it speaks to a broader a broader uh, uh, underlying theme of just the belief and, and just the, the gratification of all the hard work and all the investment of, of, of a vision and a plan that we can do this together and we can succeed at a high level and, 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 and we don't have to, to um, settle for, for, for second fiddle, right? We can go and do this, but we have to do it together. It's going to be really, really hard. I think that's probably what I, what I enjoy the most about that, that group of guys and then seeing them grow and achieve it. And, you know, whatever we do the last couple of weeks here, we've done a great job this year and, and we've really, we've really achieved it at a high level, especially you know with some of the injuries you have, and you just have to keep persevering and keep pushing through it and, and manage it, and and, uh, and they've done that, and I'm, and I'm really really grateful. But I'm also really happy for them that you know Phil Glasser. It's I asked him last night. I said, "What's the most games you've ever had on, on a team before you ever won?" He said, "32." I said, "Well, we beat your record, right?" So he he gets to be on a winning team, and 
gets to be a part of a winning culture, and, and he deserves that, as well as the other guys do. There's a lot really coming together this weekend. The seniors number out there, Scott Rowland's numbers out there, Purdue's in town. What kind of magnitude does this weekend carry for you? Well, Scott's my friend, so I'm really happy that we get to celebrate him because he would, he would, you have to like arm wrestle him, which you would lose in a literal sense, but you have to arm wrestle him to ever have him, you know, receive any, any uh, attention and those things. So yeah, as a friend, I'm happy that we get to celebrate him and, and then anytime Indiana plays Purdue, it's, it's always going to be contentious and heated, but every big 10, every big 10 weekend is going to be that way. So, you know, our, our, just as boring and mundane of a, of a theme as you can be as you just try to win Friday, Friday, and then move forward. And we're in a position now where you're, you're we're, we're where we want to be, we're where we need to be at. And you just try to steal one game at a time and, and just kind of make sure, I try, I try not to get too high with them and get too low with them because there's going to be times where the emotions run high regardless and you're just trying to keep them in the middle. So that'll kind of be my, my goal is just Hang in there, right? Hang on for dear life and just try to go win on Friday and, and, and get to Saturday and then move forward. So I know that's super boring, but it, it's it's how you succeed, right? Because you just can't live you just can't live and die on it. You know, it's just the games are too hard, the teams are too good, there's too much emotion, there's just you just you, you can't every time we try to play better, we play considerably worse, right? And so you just have to go try to do the same things. And we're learning that. We're learning that. And then you know the way that we've kind of responded the last week or ten days, and we're growing up. We're growing up, and so now we have another chance to go out there and just just play well, just do our job. Um, Ryan Kraft basically kind of started at Northwestern yeah. um, as sort of the week's wrap up. How likely is it that he could be added to the rotation for not only these last few series, but also uh, as one of the, sort of the two frontmen sure. in the Big Ten tournament? I mean, he very easily could. It just a couple things. If I can set him up better, it makes it easier for him to have success. And so if you don't tell him he's starting, they don't know he's pitching, even if I plan on him pitching six or seven innings. So if I throw a righty to start and they stack their lefties and then all of a sudden you make them move their rotation or line up around. And, and then anytime you go, especially if you go from like a four-seam righty to a sinker ball lefty and, and they practice on the spin ball machine all week trying to hit a four-seam fastball, and it's like, never mind, here comes a sinker ball lefty. and. And so you can really you can like pave the road for him to go have a have a, a really successful outing. I don't think you ever look at a guy and say he's going to go seven and a third or eight, right? You're, you're looking at okay, can you get us through five? Well, if they have to, if you're going to have to cover six and seven either way, then why don't you just cover them up front and then really kind of clear the deck for him and put him in the most advantageous position. And if you do that, he might get to go six or seven because now they have to move their lineup around. They don't have a pinch hitter to go back to later in the game. Maybe they don't have a defensive replacement. Uh, whatever it is, they have to, they, you know, usually get three to three to six outs, maybe six outs is a little bit long, but at least three or four outs of just, I'm adjusting, right? I'm just, I'm adjusting to the new guy and now instead of five, it's six. So he very easily could, and we may end up being put in a position where we need to do that, but you know, I would rather him not spend, you know, 48 hours on the spin ball or hack attack, hitting sinkers and doing all that stuff and watching his video. It's kind of like, hey, they're going to go to this guy or this guy or this guy. And and then you just you give him a little bit of length. And, and, and we need that. We just to be honest, we need that. So using him, using him wisely is, is, is really a, a imperative to our success and, and giving somebody, a, you know, 48 hours to prepare doesn't give us doesn't do us any favors so I, we've I've tried not to do that if we need to we will but I'll, I'll try my best not to do that to not, be honest 
not to yeah. announce that he's yeah. going. Yeah. Okay. Because it's like, it, what if you're what if you're in the fifth inning of tomorrow's you know of tomorrow's game, and and Luke's out of pitches and we're up by four runs in the fifth inning and you know whatever for whatever reason Luke's had ninety pitches he rolls his ankle it's like we're up by four runs well. Like we need to win tomorrow's game tomorrow. Like just go win the game, and, and if he's your best guy, you go win tomorrow. And then we'll worry about Saturday on Saturday. And so it's it's nice to have that kind of that uh, security blanket on the backside to know that you can roll out one of the best pitchers in the Big Ten and just win today's game right now. And and that gives you that gives you one more opportunity. And then you're just gonna have to trust your offense. And by the time, but but we've done that where we've just trusted our offense to win Sunday's game. And multiple times we you know we scored you know, 16 runs at, at Illinois and 22 runs at Penn State and and if we can force somebody else's hand early now they have to make a decision do they punt or do they go to their main arms and I'm just going to trust our offense on Sunday so I think our offense is going to be good enough to win the majority of Sunday games and and, uh, and if that if we have to just make sure we win one you make sure you win one and you go and do that. Phil mentioned that this Purdue pitching staff has really kind of rounded into shape in the conference, what kind of challenges do you anticipate them offering for your guys? Well, they've got a couple of talented guys, and um, and they're they're gonna they're gonna do what every every you know, Big Ten pitching staff does. You know, Stevens kid's gonna be big and throw hard, and he's gonna have he's gonna be competitive. So it's just like, can we adjust, or do we take two or three innings to adjust, right? And so you know, they're they're not gonna invent a new pitch in the next four, in the next twenty four hours. So it really is just. It's a four-seam guy. You got to fly the map. It's a sinker. We got to get him up. If it's a if it's a heavy dominant spin guy, you're going to have to make him lane to first strike. It's the same principles. It's just in 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 when you're in conference games, um, the stuff's a little bit better, and then they're they're able to, to move from stuff to stuff more quickly, and so then you have to adjust faster. And that's where when we've been good, we've been able to adjust quickly. And when we haven't, we haven't. You know, and, and that comes with being just. My, my opinion when I see us and I get frustrated is either we we, we, we play emotionally and, and so we swing at three one pitches over our head or we won't we don't take the ball for a uh, full count with a breaking ball because we're I want to get this hit so bad I want to do this so badly that I that I end up doing something outside of my uh, game plan or we get a lead and then we kind of like well we got the game won because we've got you know Foley and Reisdorfer and Kraft and those guys and then we have to extend them and that's when I get frustrated is like, why don't we just run away with this thing and we don't have to use one of our two or three closers that, that we could use for another day. And again, trying to explain that to the group and help them to understand that. And, and when you, you know, when we lost at Maryland, we really lost the Maryland series in many ways because we were really poor on Friday offensively. And so we never could stack those guys up and we never got a chance to run it. And so now you're in a position where you can cover six or seven innings pretty comfortably, and then they'd run away in the eighth and ninth. And so if, if we were able to, to be better offensively on Friday, we could stack it up and do better. But you, you live and learn. And, and, and before the Maryland series, we've won, I don't know, 10 of 11. So it's a little bit hard sometimes. You know, I, I get on them. I bust their chops. But, you know, it's like, Coach, we won eight in a row. You know, it's like, I know, but, you know, we could be better, right? And, and sometimes that's – you know, it's harder, and so it's. It, you, you, I don't want to lose. I, I, I want to win every game that we can, but sometimes, you know, a, a, a loss can help to, to drive home a point. You know, you hate to say I told you so, but sometimes you got to walk in and say I, I told you so. You know, <laughs> and uh, and so that, that that that's always a double-edged sword, right? Double-edged sword. So, and a lot of those guys, you know, they they haven't 
seeing it. They don't know them. And so that's that's the fun of it. That's the problem solving of it. And and so now we just, these last two weeks, we have to be good mentally. The, the, the more fundamental team and the, and the more, um, the team that can concentrate the, the best, the longest, those are the teams. When everyone's good now, those are the teams that have the most success late. And we have the capability of doing that. We just have to, we have to do, we have to be engaged. The uh, <clears throat> last uh, outfield position, you've made some, you've made some changes lately. You had Murrison play yesterday. Yeah. Where are you at with that right now? Hunter was just dinged up. He had that collision in the outfield, and so he he cleared all protocols today. So Hunter will be back. Hunter will be back out there this weekend. So um, he he's starting to play better. Hunter has been, and so he he's. We need everybody to go, but he's a guy that we we need to go. Like he needs to go for us for us to, to have a chance to go make a run a little bit here, and he's capable of doing that. He had good he had good at bats today and live at bats and had a good work morning this morning and. And so he's he's fully capable. He was our offensive MVP last year. He's, he's had an injury or two, and he's made a few swing adjustments. But he's playing his best right now um, that he has in a long time. So he'll be, he'll be back in there this weekend. He's cleared and healthy, and um, and he needs to go for us. With the team being player led, also a lot of vocal guys uh, on the team, and with Purdue coming into town, what have you sort of overheard? Uh, from those players of what they've been saying uh, leading yeah. up to the series and from who, if you can remember? Well, honestly, not much yet. Just because we, everybody, I didn't, I didn't belabor the point with Xavier yesterday, but they understood. They're, they're not, they're not naive to the fact that how big of a game that is and, and why we're doing it. So that really, they were, they were incredibly focused on that. And there really wasn't any Purdue conversation. Um, there really hasn't been one yet, even today. We had a, had, a, had a meeting today with the topic. We usually have a topic on Thursdays and had someone come in and, 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 and talk. And so it was, it was good. And, and so I, I would imagine the focus will turn more so tonight. Just because Xavier, Xavier's a good team, but Xavier's a tough scout, right? They've got like five first and third plays. They're, they're safety in everybody. They bunt the guy with third base with two outs. And, and, and they, they ran a back pick at first base with the first and second. Now they threw it away. But you got to scout that stuff, and so you got to know those things going into it. And if you if you overlook that, then you lose the. You might as well not play them. You know I mean? If you go into that unprepared, and so a, a lot of like today, this morning, Coach Glant did a lot of scouting report stuff today. So we'll we'll spend more time kind of transitioning into Purdue today. I don't want to say that I, I don't know much about them, but I I'll know a lot more by one o'clock tomorrow than I than I know right now. Um, I know they've they've played well in the league, and, and I know that this team's kids has been been good, and he's been competitive on on Friday's form. He's won you know three or four Fridays. So, uh, but yeah, it it anytime it, when you're at Indiana, anytime you're playing Purdue, it's not real hard to get people fired up to play. Just like when you're playing Louisville, it's not real hard to get guys fired up. So, my job won't be getting them fired up. My job will be just like just to. to be under control and, and, and be focused and, and do your job and that kind of stuff. And so, you know, we had we had a chance a couple of weeks ago and everybody was really fired up and we didn't play very well. So we, we need to we need to learn our lesson and, and not get out of control with our emotions and, and just and be more concise with it. So experience is the best teacher and so we need to go out and use that experience to our benefit. But they'll they'll be I mean they'll be fired up. They'll be ready to run through the wall and you know, especially you go there last year and, and you get drilled on Friday, then you win the second game and then you, you lose 16 to 15 or whatever it was. And, you know, and yeah, I don't have to remind them. They lived it too. So, you know, they'll be ready to play. We'll take two more. 
Would you say that the guys were a little like over excited for that Maryland series? Yeah, I would say that would probably be an <laughs> accurate assessment. <laughs> <laughs> they were fired up. They were right. They were excited, and then and then, then things got off to a, a poor, no, no, not not a great start, and got emotional, and then you could see the body language, just some things that we don't do, right? And in then you put yourself when you're playing. That's what I told them. When you're playing really good teams and you play emotionally, and they're playing really well, if you do silly stuff on Friday, you set yourself up for a long weekend. And now all of a sudden they got a little bit of a little bit of mojo. And I mean, I've never seen a team hit like that in my whole life. So they get a little bit of mojo. And their Saturday starter, the, the freshman, he's. I was joking with Rob Vaughn, and and Rob's a great coach and a great friend. And I said the McCoy kid was incredible. He said, "Yeah, that was that was his best outing ever." So I was really glad I was here to see that. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know when we get once at that, you know what I mean? I, I, I would have hated to have missed that. So, <laughs> But he did. He was great. So then you get him cooking and you get him rolling. And, and it's just you, you, you have to get out as, as well as you can. Try to get off to a good start. And sometimes, you know, the Saturday game at, at, um, at Northwestern, they had a big freshman lefty that was 92, 95 and was great. And we had eight or nine line outs there from like the third to the sixth. And it was like, goodness gracious, we're actually playing well. Because you know that's always a possibility. And that's what you try to tell the guys. It's always a possibility that you play well and it doesn't matter. That's a, Baseball is the silliest game. If you play really well in basketball, like you win. If you play really well in football, you win. If you play really well in baseball, you get beat two to nothing. It's like, how in the world did this happen? And, and we were able to hang in there and find a way to win that game. But... You know that that's what you try to tell them. Like we can do everything right and still lose in this game. If you do, if you if you do everything wrong, you're almost assured to lose. And so, we just have to do a better job now that we've been through that once. Of how do we apply that lesson learned and just go play the same game? We didn't do anything different from a strategy standpoint. We didn't do anything different from a matchup standpoint that weekend. We just played a really really good team who was playing really well, and we we didn't play well. We were emotional. In, in, in young, like, like I said, like we showed our youth, okay, now it's time to grow up. If you do it once, everyone's, you know, me as a coach, it's like, all right, you do it again, and you're like, well, shame on you, right? Shame on you for not learning that lesson. I don't think we will. We may lose, but I think I think we'll play fine, and, and we won't, we'll be in a good headspace as we go into it. That concludes this media availability edition of Talking Hoosier Baseball. Indiana and Purdue first pitch on Friday, weather permitting, will be at 6 p.m. See you at the BART.